This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined by the three-man crew, of course, as always, a little umpire term for you guys, Brock Davis and Nate Green. First, Brock, how you doing? Yo, yo, yo. I'm doing you, good. Have you golfed lately? I am. You know, dude, I haven't. I've, I went furniture shopping, celebrated my mother-in-law's birthday, been working, so no, I've been, I've been busy, that's why I haven't been on in a in a few episodes, but I'm back. I'm back, and I'm ready to go. Ah, yes, sir. Brock is back, and we're ready to talk some Angels baseball. Nate Green, how are you doing today? Doing good, Jared. Fantastic. Boys, as always, a question to start off the day to get the brains rolling. How many All-Stars will the Angels have today? Nate, let's start with you. Four. Who is Mike it? Tr- Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, and Dylan Bundy. All right, all right, all right. You're missing a fan favorite in there, and you know you're gonna get you're gonna get shamed a little bit, I believe, by some. But I'm not I'm not I'm not in disagreement with you. So, Brock, what do you got? How many All Stars will the Angels have this year? I'm saying four, and I'm gonna say Trout, Otani, Rendon, Fletcher. I'll be the odd man out here and say three. I like your Fletcher one, but I, I gotta say three for sure. I think I think it'll be Trout, Rendon. Though third base in the AL is tough. Like you got to be really good. And I don't think I don't know if Rendon puts up the offensive numbers to be an all-star in the AL, unfortunately. But I do think that he makes it to some degree. I don't know. It, it's it's tough. It's tough for me because Rendon's one of the best players in baseball. However, he just doesn't put off the offensive numbers. I guess he probably he does. I take that back. Man, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mike Trout's gonna be an all-star. Rendon's gonna be an all-star. And I really want to see Shohei Otani in the home run derby, assuming we have all this stuff. But Man, that'd be a lot of fun to see Shohei Otani just absolutely wrecking the ball in home run derbies. Like 500-foot home runs with the juice ball. and I just I just want to see one year where the best power hitters in baseball come together and actually are in the home run derby. I don't know if this is going to be the year that it happens, but it would be a lot of fun to just see Otani, Judge, Stanton, Harper, hell, I mean even Trout, Soto, those type of Acuna, all come together and just have like a crazy home run derby and just see how far and how many home runs they can hit so yeah guys as always we have a fun show planned for you guys but first i want to thank everybody for that supports this show 
and listen to the podcast weekly. If you like what we have going on here, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a review. Whether it's good or bad, we'd really appreciate it. You can always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look us up there. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Brock at BDROX8. Follow Nate at NateGreen34. John at Jegs Crane John and Derek at DC Apollo. Yes, I'm including everybody because we're trying to get everybody going again. Back into this podcast. I know that we've had people missing here and there, but I promise, guys, everybody will be back together eventually. And if you have any questions, topic ideas, or just want to stop in and say hi, you can always shoot us a message at any of our social medias or shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. And guys, as always, give us one minute to pay the bills. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk some Angels baseball. And guys, there has been somebody in on the Angels, not even, I was going to say in baseball, but because he has been, but somebody on the Angels that has been completely lighting it up. And his name is Shohei Otani. Man, how incredible has this guy been at the beginning of spring, Brock? I mean, come on. He's doing everything dude. right now. He might be the best player in baseball, right? It's it's ridiculous, dude. And it's it's so exciting. And, and I think something that everyone needs to pay attention to is how he's doing it. He's not he's not going up there and pulling everything. I, I, I haven't even – has any three of his home – no. Two of his home runs were dead center – over the batter's eye, and then one of them was, or two of them, because he has four now, right? Yep, has four. Yeah, so two dead center over the batter's eye that were obliterated, one off of the rating AL Cy Young, and then two, Oppo. They were playing him, Oppo, because he went back-to-back at-bats, where he, it, it was the weirdest thing off the bat. It just... He's so powerful in his swing and his follow-through and just his body mechanics and his transfer of power that it didn't even look, in my opinion, the oppo ones didn't even look like he crushed him. But when you saw the flight that he got off of the bat from the, from the contact that he got, just because he got such solid contact, got the right flight path underneath the ball – and just the way that he swings, it just it flew. It just goes. It just yeets off the bat, 400 feet, oppo, and it looks so effortlessly. And his swing just looks so good. Four homers, and none of them have been pulled necessarily. Those two dead center were redonkulous. And he was pitching, and there's a lot of promise in his pitching. There's still some stuff he needs to clean up, uh, but nothing that really concerns me to be honest and I think we're kind of all on the same page with that where 
um, we, 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 we see more good than we see bad right now significantly. And so I haven't been this excited about a specific Angels player in a long time other than when, you know, Trout first came up and started just destroying. Now we're just kind of used to it and we kind of expect it. Uh, but with Otani, it's, it's, it's very, very exciting. It's another level right now. And Nate, I know, you know, on the coaching side of things, you probably want to break down the swing a little bit because we've been talking a lot about what he's been doing good this year. So go ahead, break down the swing a little bit. I know we didn't really talk about doing this beforehand, but please, I mean, if you have any comments on the swing, go ahead and do it. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. You you're really getting to see him not leak with that front side. I know that was one thing that I brought up um, when we talked about him the first when we really got to see his first couple abs of the spring. And last year it looked like his front side was really leaking, which again you lose a lot of power because everything comes from the legs when we're when we're swinging the bat. So getting to see him stay grounded and actually use his whole body to swing the bat instead of just his arms has been unbelievable and that's why you're getting to see the power to all fields so it's been really good to see him and i saw a tweet two days ago i think where it was he struck out the reigning al mvp and then hit a bomb off the reigning cy young award winner in the same week so that was kind of a cool stat to see just kind of put into perspective of how good he has been this spring training yeah and and i know we're hyping up spring training a lot right now and that's a bad thing to do, especially knowing what the Angels do, unfortunately. But, man, all indications of what Shohei Otani can do is is unbelievable, and I really hope he's healthy. I hope we see a first healthy year from him because, I mean, Baseball America came out with this article. I think they did, like, 25 players that have changed or something like that along the lines of that, and a scout said, and I'm quoting this from Baseball America, everyone has been talking about what he's doing on the mound, what he's doing in the box right now is way more impressive, which we just talked about. It is way more impressive. He goes on to say, I have no issue saying he could hit 35 bombs and hit 280 if he gets enough at-bats, and that's the big question. Guys, I mean, if he gets enough at-bats, is 35 home runs out of the question? I mean, how many, let's let's say this, how many at-bats wow. does he need? How many at-bats does he need to get to 35 home runs? He needs to play in, what, 100 games to get to 35? Is that I mean, is that crazy to think that? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like... I, I, I think this is kind of a weird example, but when I, I know uh, Nate, do you play MLB the show? Yeah. Yeah. So when you play MLB the show and you go in the statistics, it's a stat that I like to look at when I try to switch out players and I look at the at bats per home runs. How many at bats do I have to have in between that specific player on my team hitting a home run? And I usually like to have it between the five to 10 range. And I think that any guy, any good good guy that's going to have a lot of power i think is totally realistic to be in that every 10 at bats they're hitting a home run which would be you know every three games or so or sorry did i do the math right yeah every three games or so ish depending on how many at bats they're going to get maybe two to three games so i mean realistically if we want him to hit 35 bombs and he stays consistent at 10 ab's per home run which i think is 100 100 achievable then he would need 350 at bats essentially i'm not against that i think that's a little bit crazy because the all-time record is 10.6 just from mark mcguire i believe is yeah i I believe i just looked it up i could totally be wrong baseball reference has it at i think 10.6 babe ruth was 11.7 barry bonds was 12.9 jim tome was 13.2 and that's their career home record uh, or career gotcha. for home runs per at bats. So I mean, 
it's definitely it's I definitely not against it. Balls on MLB the show then, because I got guys <laughs> that are doing it five or six every abs. <laughs> well, that's that is also why it's called video game numbers. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, I, I mean, I I think thirty five home runs in a hundred games is absurd, but I don't. I, if, I mean, if he were just a hitter, if we said he we think he could hit fifty home runs as a DH in one hundred and sixty two games, I don't think that would be that crazy though either. It just depends how hot he gets. I mean, there's times where it feels like every swing he takes, the ball's going to go out of the park. And there's not too many guys that I've seen that with. Like, one guy that I distinctly remember, Kendry Morales. He was absolutely lit one week for the Angels, or two weeks. And it just felt like every swing that he took, it was the ball was going to go out of the park or decently close to it. Mike Trout, it's that way most of the time. Every once in a while, you kind of see a flaw in his swing, but... Then again, I mean, it's Mike Trout, so you can't you know, expect any less from him. And yeah, I, I think when Otani gets going, he has that swing where it's like every time he steps into the batter's box and, and every time he swings the bat, this ball has a chance to get out of the park. So I don't know. Any, anything else we want to want to break down with Otani that we've recognized here about halfway through spring training or kind of want to talk about? Because he has been absolutely unbelievable. I, I just think, Jared... Uh... You look, Void had about 210 ABs or something like that with his 22 bombs last year. So I, I think you're looking at like 350 to 400 ABs, which that's going to be a tough for him to get with the times he's pitching, but maybe. It's all about health, like you said. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it comes comes down to how healthy he is. And if, I mean, if indications are this spring that he, you know, he seems to be fairly healthy, the back if he had a back injury, doesn't seem to be bothering him. The knee, if he had a knee injury, doesn't seem to be bothering him. The elbow, you know, he's throwing 100 miles an hour, so that doesn't seem to be bothering him. So he said if all indications are correct, he sh- he is due for quite a big year. So guys, on to a little bit of baseball news, which will segment us into our next topic. And really only one, you know, big piece of news. The Angels sent down some guys that weren't going to make the team, Brandon Marsh being the biggest name. I think that that's not a surprise, though. But on to the next little bit of news that I had. Felix Pena is going to miss the start of opening day. I think this is actually kind of a blessing in disguise. And not that I want anybody to get hurt or anything, but I think this kind of proves the point that we've been preaching on here. The Angels might need a little bit of bullpen help and Perimanesian came out and said that there's a chance that they go outside the organization to try to find a little bit of help now if that means they're looking at Shane Green or if that means they're looking at just some type of replacement for a little while maybe somebody who gets let go of the team I know Jeremy Jeffries is one of those guys who got let go early in spring so I don't know what direction they go to but we'll get to relievers in a second because this kind of segments us into how the team is looking for opening day and that's what I kind of wanted to break down here on this episode is what we think I know we've done this a lot probably did this two weeks ago but we're getting a better picture at what we think the opening day starting roster is going to look like and in my opinion there are five open spots at the moment I know that things can change and there's been news here in the past couple days about stuff but starting pitching wise we are all good right there is there's no real controversy about who's starting in those six guys, we think it's going to be Bundy, Heaney, Cobb, Canning, Quintana, and Otani in some type of order. Correct, guys? Yes. All right. So we can move to the position 
position players. And that's where we'll go Stassi, Walsh, Fletcher, Iglesias, Rendon in the infield and catching. The outfield will be Upton, Trout, Fowler. And the bench is where it gets decently interesting for me, guys. And I know it probably gets a little interesting for you. I think there's two open spots at the moment, depending on which way the Angels go. There's gonna They have to put Pujols on the bench, and they're going to put St- or, um, Suzuki on the bench. Well, flip-flop Suzuki and Stassi in some degree. I don't know what degree it'll be. But two open bench spots, because we're assuming they're going to go to a four-man bench. That leaves Luis Renifo, Taylor Ward, Franklin Barreto, Jack Mayfield, Matt Thias, Joe Adele, who hasn't gotten sent down yet, by the way, Phil Gosselin, John Jay, Juan Lagares, Scott Schiebler, and Keen Wong open for those last two spots. Nate, I'm going to go to you first. Who, What two do we think get those two open spots? I know there's been some talk that Lagares will more than likely make the team, but can't pencil him in quite yet. Yeah, I was going to say it's really down to four players, in my opinion, Rangifo, uh, Barreto, Ward, and Lagares. Um, I think the way Lagares has looked, he, he definitely deserves to be on the roster. Um, I really like Lagares. He can play all three outfield positions. He plays them all very well. Uh, and who knows, maybe he's able to start in left field. Upton can DH on certain days when Otani starts, things like that. So I think Lagares makes the team. Um, I think Barreto's going to end up making the team over Rangifo just because he's out of options. And Rangifo has looked unbelievable. His swing change has been great. Uh, really excited to see him, but I think Barreto's going to be that last spot. I'm definitely not going to disagree with you on that. I I had Ward penciled in for the longest time thinking because he can play the infield, because he can now catch, and because he can play the outfield, that basically solidifies a spot for him. I don't think that's the case anymore. So, Brock, I, I mean, do you have any different opinions on this? Or, I mean, I have another question I, I can ask you as well. So, I, I think I think it's going to be just that. I Yeah, I agree. And, Brock, I'll ask you this question. At what point do you take a guy that has no minor league options but might have, I guess, a little higher upside who hasn't been there in Barreto over a guy who has been putting up the numbers – in spring, in Luis Renifo, at what point? I mean, but Renifo has the minor league options. What? How, how do we differentiate these guys? Is that is that a good enough question for you? I don't I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, I mean, I under, I totally understand what you're saying. It's just, oh, sorry, I had a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> it's it's tough because it's it's almost like a double edged sword because. Once you dump the guy with no options left, it's like, well, you could be losing out on him, you know. But you want to go with the better production, but it's it's tough, you know. You got to weigh the pros and cons and, and weigh the risk versus gain and uh, you know risk versus reward and all those things. And you know, that's this is a perfect example of one of those things where I tell you all the time, I'm glad I'm not a front office uh, guy for a baseball team because these decisions are hard, man. You know, and you're you're gonna screw someone. Um, it, it could potentially hurt the outcome of what of what you're trying to achieve, and it obviously has to do with the rest of the roster depth. But I I, I love Renhifo, um, but Barreto and Lagares have both looked good. It's it's tough, man. It's 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 a toss up, and I could honestly see it going any which way. Um, I don't think realistically any three of them are going to make a huge, big enough impact for me to look back and say, 
man, I really wish they would have taken Renjifo over Barreto, or I really wish they would have done this over this. Like, I don't, I honestly don't think that's going to be the case. I think we just have enough, enough depth as is. Um, I think that everyone in our lineup right now has a solid, solid potential to perform. Um, and if the guys that don't, like, you know, that have a potential to be benched, like a Fowler, we have guys like Ligaris, John Jay, um, et cetera, Taylor Ward, and that can fill in that spot. So I'm not super concerned about it. It's just, it's it's a tough, tough, tough spot. It definitely is. It definitely is. And Nate, I'll go to you here on this this next question for us. With the Angels probably going to add Juan Ligaris, who do you think they're going to DFA? Ooh, that's a tough one. You probably have to go to the bullpen, I believe, and yeah. DFA somebody there. I mean, it's possible they send Jose Alberto Rivera back to Houston. That would free up a 40-man spot. Um, you could see them maybe Matt Thice. That would be Jack Mayfield's possible. But I, I think Jose Alberto Rivera, I uh, haven't seen too much of him in the spring. Yes, I was... I was really looking forward to seeing him throw. We've seen him throw once. He looked decent. Vila wasn't exactly where we wanted it to be, but um, he was able to throw strikes. So that that would open up a 40-man spot if uh, we send him back to Houston. Yeah, and again, there's going to be a lot of interesting things. The Angels' 40-man is currently at 40-man, <laughs> like perfectly at the moment, after they added Junior Guerra, who we're now going to just, I'm guessing we're just going to assume that he's made the team out of spring here just because they've added him to the 40 man it just makes way too much sense so we can move down to the bullpen here at now that we're talking about it in some capacity it'll go buttery myers junior Guerra, who like we just said was added to the 40 man rice iglesias and alex claudio those are the five i think for sure you can put in there that leaves three open spots with jaime Berea, who is out of options and on the 40 man Luke Bard, Kyle Keller, Jose Alberto Rivera, who we just mentioned, Patrick Sandoval, Aaron Sleggers, Jose Suarez, the dark horse, as always, because I want to keep pushing this, Chris Rodriguez. Those guys are all on the 40-man. And you can always add Jesse Chavez, Jake uh, Jacob Faria, Thomas Pannone, Jake Reed, who I'm a huge fan of, and Ben Rowan. All those guys are not on the 40-man and would have to be added, so... Let's start off here with you, Nate. Which direction do we think they go? We can also add in a free agent if you want, and I think I know the direction you'll go with that. But if the angel, let's just start with in-house. What direction do we think they're going to go? Yeah, in-house options. I think Jaime's going to make the team. Berea, um, hard to let that guy go, especially since he's been successful as a starter and a, a reliever. So I, I don't think that they will send him down. I know he's out of options. So I think he makes the roster. Um, I, I think Faria makes the roster. You would also you're probably designating like a Luke Bard, someone like that. Um, but I think he makes the roster. Um, and then if I had to pick a third in-house option, I guess it's Chris Rodriguez. Um, he's shown he's got really good stuff. Um, he looks like he could be uh, a guy who could throw multiple innings out there, or also just kind of come in in a, a jam and get one one out because he does have nasty stuff. Um, so that that would be the in-house option. If I was able to go out of house, you know, Shane Green makes the most sense. 
Uh, I do like David Robertson. I, I'm a huge fan of him. So those are the two guys that you'd be looking at outside. Um, but yeah, those five guys probably you're looking at for three spots. Brock, anything different than that that you see in-house before we talk about maybe some potential free agent options the Angels can go after? No, not really. I, I do really like C-Rod. I, I really like his delivery. It's really funky, and I think it throws the hitters off. And um, He's got a nasty curveball, and I think he I think he could fit in nicely, and um, hopefully getting him up here might help him. You know, Obviously, with, the, with being young and all that, it's either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. And uh, hopefully, if he does end up coming up here, it's, it's only going to help him. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. I think Berea makes it in. I think Jacob Faria is going to get added to the 40-man here pretty soon, if he hasn't already, which, again, that's going to have to be a, a spot. I guess he probably won't get added until the final day, until they can figure out what direction they want to go with, because they're going to, they're probably going to have to get two open spots if you add in Ligaris and Faria. And Rivera is an option if you keep him around. I just I don't know if the velocity's been there this spring. I don't know how much they like him, unfortunately. I wish they were able to keep him around, but I, I just I'm not too sure what the situation is gonna be there. I'd love to see Chris Rodriguez up. I think that's gonna happen at some point this year. I know the experience level isn't there, but I think if you got the stuff, why not? You know, you see a lot of teams starting some of their better prospects in the bullpen, a la the Milwaukee Brewers do it. And the the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers do it. So White Sox. The White Sox. A, a lot of teams do it. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm really not. Especially if you have the stuff. And I think the stuff is there to be a productive bullpen arm. And I don't know. I think that that, that third spot will be super interesting to see what direction they go with. I, I just don't know if Rodriguez can do it out of spring training. I think that kills a year. That's a stupid rule and everything, but I think you need to, to some degree, leave him down so you get that extra year of starting. But that's just me. Just that's just me thinking like a member of the Angels, not as of somebody who wants to win. So I, I don't know. And we can talk about some free agents too, like Nate said, David Robertson, Shane Green, Roberto Azuna, Brad Peacock, Tony Singrani. Bud Norris, Andrew Kashner, Dan Otero, Jeremy Jeffries, just to name a few. They'll, there's probably going to be some guys that get let go here within the next two weeks before opening day. And Brian Goodwin, just off the top of my head, is one of those guys who the Angels have added in the past who is really good for them right, be, right after he got let go by the, by the Royals. So maybe the Angels can pull off someone in the bullpen like that. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Did any of those names... Pop out to you, Brock. I do like Shane Green. I do like him. Uh, but other than that, not not to the point where I'm like, oh, yes, please. I, I mean, I think we have potential where we're at, but I, I definitely don't think it would hurt to add, add something from the outside or, or like you said, throw C-Rod in, uh, in the bullpen. Hey, I mean, can you imagine if you threw C-Rod in the bullpen and then added Rod, or, uh, Robertson or Shane Green or Roberto Azuna? And that makes the Angels' bullpen really freaking good, and we've been preaching it on here. The Angels need another bullpen piece, and like I said, I think the that the Pena injury might be a... a Kick you know, in the pants they needed. I, I think so. I, I Yeah, I, I think it is, because, I mean, 
we can't be the only ones preaching this. You know, the, the ownership and the angels have to know that the bullpen has to be a little bit weak. It can't just be us talking about that. You know, there has to be something in there. So I think that the Pena injury was, you know, a good thing in disguise. Not that I want to see Pena get hurt and not be ready for opening day. I just think that it almost forces them to go get an extra piece, right, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. And if you really want to go see Ryan in the pen and, and want to waste a year, like you said, you could always take the White Sox approach and give him a seven-year deal for, you know, $30 million right now and just say, there you go, we got the extra year out of him anyway because we, we locked him up long-term. I know it's tough to do with pitchers and you don't really like to do it, but if that's something that's a, a fear for the Angels front office, just just get the deal done and you might end up saving money long-term. So Yeah, yeah. yeah especially when it's something like that where it's, you know, barely any money dude like it would be seven for 30 and you're gonna be paying him what even is that like not even five million a year four million a year yeah so i mean that's cake dude like that's that's not even gonna be that's not even gonna be a, a fragment of the bucket of, of of funding in the big scheme of things and you know in reality like you said it's it's always risk versus reward like well we really want him up here uh, let's just let's just try to sign him long term. See if he'll go for it. And get him for four and a half, four and a half a year. And just go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Like I said, I love Seawood. I've loved him ever since I saw him in the minors. I thought he was the next Walker Bueller. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Like that was the first name that popped up when I saw him pitch in the minors because I saw them both pitch and they were both unfreaking believable. So, guys, let's just end it here. Any final thoughts that we have going on here midway through spring? Opening day is about two weeks away. No, I just I, I, one thing I'm curious of is when the hell they're going to put up the tickets for sale. I keep looking. Ah, me too. I, it, it's got to be coming close. I, I would assume at the beginning of next week we'll see something. Maybe this weekend to some degree, but I think at the beginning of next week we see some type of thing. I think they're trying to just get figure out where everything is going to go, how everybody's going to sit. I know it's going to be a little bit interesting, but I'm just glad there's going to be fans in the in the stands. Nate, any final thoughts? Nope, not, nothing really uh, to to talk about. Like I said, um, I think maybe the Angels should start looking at uh, locking some of these young guys up for long term if they believe that they are part of the future. Um, we've seen some of these teams like the White Sox and the Rays uh, master a payroll. And not to say the Angels need to worry about payroll, but if we'll talk about this later, but the uh, the money that's coming off the books in the next couple of years, there's not really going to be money on the books. So it could really help land them a big-time starter or a big-time bullpen piece or whatever it is that their biggest need is because they got a guy long-term who should be making about $20 million, but he's only making about $8 million because of the deal the Angels signed with him. So. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have so much of that to talk about in the upcoming months depending on where, how the Angels play this year, what the what direction they'll be going in, extensions, trade deadline, are they buyers, are they sellers, a lot, of, a lot of fun topics upcoming. So guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Brock at BDROX8, and you can follow Nate at NateGreen34, all those on Twitter. And of course, guys, follow us on all our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And guys, again, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.